Well, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and praise the Lord who, who is to come. We're going to look at a passage and it'll be up here on the screen. It's Psalm 119. <clears throat> and don't worry, I'm only going to talk about the first six verses because this is the longest one in the whole Bible, <laughs> right? The longest chapter. So it goes like this. <clears throat> Blessed are those whose ways are blameless, who walk according to the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his statutes or commands or decrees, okay? And seek him with all of their heart. They do nothing wrong. They walk in his ways. You have laid down precepts that are to be fully obeyed. Oh, 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 that my ways were steadfast in obeying your decrees. Then I, then we, would not be put to shame when I, when we consider all of your commands. It's believed that King David wrote this psalm to intentionally teach his son Solomon the alphabet and secondly, to teach that son how to pray. Okay, let's unpack that. King David wrote this psalm using the 22 Hebrew alphabet, uh, characters, 22 characters in the Hebrew alphabet to write this 22 stanza prayer. From observing you guys already for the first time, King David was a strategic parent. Like, what I'm seeing, almost all of you are as well. <laughs> Wanting to teach his son the alphabet, yes, important, but also how to pray. He wanted to teach, in a sense, his son the A to Z's, or for my wife's sake, to Z. She's Canadian. Okay. And he wanted to teach his son the A's to Z to Z's of prayer as well. And so the next slide. He begins in our verses for today by naming the truth of following the ways of God. The best way or the blessed way. Verses one through four. But then he also names the struggle in the next slide. Verses five and six. How difficult it is. Can you go to the next slide? Thank you. Oh, oh, that my ways. Ah, oh, man, I wish that my path was steadfast in following his ways. 
As David begins to write this 22 stanza prayer, he starts by naming the reality that we believe in as well. That when you and I walk in God's ways, when we follow his statutes, when we seek him with all of our heart, our ways will be blessed. That's what verses one through four are about. But then David humbly confesses He acknowledges before God and in front of that son, also a strategic parenting move, parents. Son. Daughter. Verses one through four. When we follow God's ways, our ways are blessed. But son, but daughter. Dad's ways, papa's ways, father's ways don't always match up with the heavenly Father's ways. And when you heard, or when you read in your bulletin, that the topic for today was about sacrificial living and generous giving, perhaps already inside you, you felt all the shame and guilt and judgment. Oh man, I wish my ways were following God's ways financially. Oh, I wish I would have listened. I wish I would have paid attention to uh, Oh, that my ways would have followed his ways. And then you, after seeing maybe that title in the bulletin, and you realize that it wasn't Pastor Chris bringing the message today, you went, oh no. Why am, I, why am I even here, right? You'd rather hear from Chris than some guy from Mount Vernon, right? It's hard, there's, there's all, often some, all kinds of guilt and shame and judgment when we look at our past and how we've handled our, our finances, perhaps, or we, or we look at our lives and we tend to act more selfishly than we want to, and we feel all of this judgment and shame. But I'm not here to put any more of that on us. In fact, I'm here to try to release some of that from us this evening. For the last 19 years, uh, since my wife and the kids and I have been in Mount Vernon, I've been observing, uh, I'll say your predecessors, uh, your the planting church, Bellingham Covenant Church, and for a little over 10 years um, have gotten to know Chris. I was a pastor in Mount Vernon um, at a church there and kind of gathered up the pastors for those 19 years in monthly gatherings, and I got to know Pastor Paul before Pastor Paul, Pastor Dan, and, and that crowd. And then Chris came along and got to walk with Chris through the ordination track and hear his heart and then hear about this idea of planting a church in this place in Bellingham called Letter Streets and heard Chris's heart and, and knew of the covenant's heart and Bellingham covenant's heart of being uh, a people that wanted to be of the word, right? To have the Bible shape us and guide us as Nathaniel was leading us in the call to worship and such. such. This Bible, this story is one that we immerse ourselves in. And so when you hear that this guy, this guest guy, not Chris, and this guy talking about money and sacrifice, and uh, uh, 
you, you resonate with these themes in ways that you may not even realize. For example, you guys here, I, I'm sure, have talked about Abraham and his willingness to go and sacrifice everything, right? To go to a land, what? That he would be shown. He didn't know where, but to go and God would show him. Abraham knew about sacrifice. Or Noah, who, who lived differently than anyone else around him in his generation, and was willing to act righteously and to sacrifice time and talent and build this giant boat. And people were scratching their heads, what in the world is this? And he did it obediently. Around here you know the story of the boy who had the fish and the loaves, right? And, and, and gave generously and sacrificially his lunch to feed lots and many people. You know that story here, I'm convinced. Or about that woman, you've told this story, I'm sure, Pastor Chris, who, who had her perfume and she and, and she wasted it, she invested it, she poured it out on Jesus' feet, and Jesus said, this will be told for generations, this selfless act. I'm sure the kids in kids' church, what do you, sure, kids' church, whatever it's called, guess God doesn't know your lingo, Um, learned about Zacchaeus, right? And when he is confronted by Jesus, he, he realizes his, the way he handles money, and he says, here, Lord, here, now I, I will give back four times as much as I've ta- stolen, I mean, taken, I, I mean, received from these people. You know these stories. So you guys know about sacrifice. You know about giving generously. And so you know the truth like me, but it's hard to live out this truth in our day-to-day life, oh Lord, I wish my way. I wish my calendar, I wish my energies were more sacrificial. Lord, I long to be more generous, okay? We're gonna pause and I want you to turn to your neighbor. I don't know if you do that here, but I'm gonna ask you to do that here. I want you to turn to your neighbor and I want you to answer this question. Who is someone that you respect and why do you respect them? Who is someone you respect, and why do you respect them? All right? About, about a minute or so, and then I'll call us back together. Yeah. If the second person hasn't started to share, can you switch and let the second person share? All right. Would someone want to share um, who, who that person is for you, or, or one of those people for you, and then why you said that person? Yes, yeah. I respect, yeah, I respect my husband because he's teaching me how to be generous and live sacrificially to the neighbors around me. Yeah, good, thank you. Well done, well done. Someone else, who's someone you respect and why? Yeah, perfect, thank you. Great. Are, are those Bellingham folk? They are. Okay. Great. Good. Someone else. We're going to camp here for a few minutes, so just so you, we're just going to pause and camp here. I'd rather hear, you'd rather hear from yourself than from this guy from Mount Vernon. Someone else. Who's someone you respect and why? Yeah. Her principal. Awesome. 
beautiful. Wow. Someone else. Someone you respect and why. Yeah. And impacting you, right? Yeah. So I was in grade five and my Sunday school teacher was Doreen Larson and Doreen Larson had six boys in her Sunday school class in Ashtabula, Ohio. And Doreen Larson was a masterful teacher. She said, boys, we're going to get you the Good News Bible. And the Good News Bible was a Bible that wasn't just black and white, but it had little caricatures. Do you remember this or no? No, okay, okay. Um, It had little drawings, and so we were thrilled to get this. It was gold, and black is a Good News Bible. Does anyone remember these? I've got one. You got one, yeah. And it had these drawings, and so... She gave them, um, we got to unwrap the cellophane on these Bibles, and, and we unwrapped them, and then she gave us colored pencils and three-by-five cards, and, and, and she said, write down these six verses. And she gave us six verses every week in what we called Sunday school. And then, with these colored pencils, she said, in blue, I want you to underline any town or city or country. In red, I want you to underline Jesus' words, because these were not red-letter Bibles. In yellow, I want you to underline any prophecy. And in, and in orange, I want you to write down or, or underline anything that's just good news to you. And every week, this woman gave us six, six boys in sixth grade, gave us six verses, or, or six passages, and each of us would go home, and we'd underline these Bibles. And slowly this black and white print Bible became alive as we underline in red, blue, orange, and yellow. What you don't know about Doreen, in fact, none of you have ever met her, is that she was um, living on welfare. And she nonetheless scraped together means to buy six boys, colored pencils, three by five cards, our parents bought the Bibles, But every week she poured out her life into us, sacrificially. She gave generously and our lives were forever changed. Like you, sir, and like the person you mentioned and the the principal. People that are not famous and yet are making a world of difference. Hmm? Sacrificial living, generous giving. When I was in seminary at Regent College, um, longer ago than I'd like to admit, there was a gentleman by the name of Forrest who gathered a group of guys together into his apartment. He was like a, a, a dean or an RA at UBC. And we loved to go to his apartment because he had the gift of hospitality, which meant he fed a group of guys every time we gathered. And as we gathered, Forrest began to pour his life into us. And one of the things he had us do was to write a life mission statement for us, for for each of ourselves, each of ourselves, for each of us. We spent time, we went to Lake Kavanaugh, which is where I ended up serving a church, or pretty close there, for a weekend to put these things together. He poured himself into us. He, he, He fed us, did I say that, weekly when we went to his apartment. None of you will know Forrest. None of you have looked him up on social media before. But he, he gave generously and he lived sacrificially. He combined verses one through four. Oh, Lord, 
Our ways are blessed when we follow your ways. And he was able to reduce, if you will, verses five through six, oh, I wish my ways would match up with your ways. He, he worked hard to live sacrificially and to, and to give generously. So as you and I, and as you as a church, seek to become healthy, and as you and I seek to, to leave a legacy, such a life is not lived when we're trying to live into the Snapchat culture of our world, or our Instagram culture of our world, or, or Facebook chap, uh, life of our world, but instead, you and I leave a legacy when we live sacrificially and give generously. I chose this passage that we're looking at to talk to you about money um, today because to read any other passage about money, you, you probably would have known that passage and it would have kind of fallen on deaf ears. I chose this passage because if we could put ourselves under King David, you and I need to learn the A disease about living sacrificially and about giving generously because when we live that way, our lives become more fully alive. So what I want to do with you now is I just want to share with you a way that we, my wife and our three kids, are seeking to do this. Okay? It's not the way, so I don't want you to hear, this is the prescription about how to live um, sacrificially and to give generously. This is just the way that Deb and I, after 23 years of marriage, are doing it now with an 18-year-old who's in college, a 16-year-old who's a sophomore, and a uh, 14-year-old daughter who's a freshman in high school. This is how we're seeking to do it. And it comes out of this background. Before I asked my wife to marry me, we had all kinds of conversations, and one of them was the money conversation. I'm a banker's son, so I grew up around the dinner table hearing how the stock market did. I had an IRA um, when I was in high school because my dad made me do it. It was a prudent thing to do, he said. Okay. He let me buy stock in Nike before Michael Jordan came out, and I sold it before Michael Jordan came out as well, <laughs> or else I probably might not be here, I don't know. <laughs> All right. But I asked my wife, or my, uh, my girlfriend at the time, Deb, how, how, how she did money, and what I was really after was, you know, do you tithe? What do you give generously? And, and she said, yeah, you know, I, I, I do. It's just who I am. And she, then she turned to me and said, Tim, do you do that? I said, yeah, I, I, I do as well. And so, and so we do come out of that background. I do fully confess, okay? But I'm thankful for that as well because it's helped us to have money not be a, a stress point a lot of the time. I mean, it is some of the time, especially the freshmen in college. Did I mention that? But we're, we're seeking to try to do money God's way. And so this is how we do it now, Okay? As we seek to live sacrificially and give generously, the first thing we do is this next slide. I call it, an, I want to be an STP person. We call it in our family, we want to be an STP people. We want to be schedule tomorrow people. Okay? 
We want to lube up our sacrificial living. We want to lube up our generous giving by being STP people. In order to go deeper and further in sacrificial living and generous giving, we schedule our tomorrows. In other words, Deb and I schedule into our calendars literally those things that are most important for us to move us further along in sacrificial living, generous giving. What does that look like? I looked at my wife's calendar before I came up here. And on Wednesday night at 7 o'clock, she had YG. Anyone might take a guess at what YG might stand for? Youth group. Every Sunday, or every Sunday, every Wednesday night, my wife is a volunteer at YG. It is written in their youth group, and she has been with a group of girls from grade six, and now they're in grade 11. She gives every Wednesday night for YG. Had you looked at my calendar, you would have seen NER on Thursday at four. I'm on a nonprofit board called New Earth Recovery. It's about drug and alcohol transition in Skagit County. It comes out of Tierra Nueva, if you're familiar with Tierra Nueva. That's a once a month commitment. We schedule into our calendars those things that hold value for us because we know left to ourselves, we would allow a TV show on Wednesday night to take priority, perhaps. I'm not sure what TV shows on at four o'clock on a Thursday, but there would be working out or riding a bike or going for a hike might take priority. So we schedule these things in. We want to be scheduled tomorrow people. We also do this financially. We automatic debit, we um, online giving, things that are of value uh, to us. If we were part of your congregation, Lettered Streets Covenant Church, we want Every month, whether we feel like it or not, whether we can or we can't, coming off Disneyland or not coming off of Disneyland, coming off Whistler or not, we want to schedule our tomorrow so you get priority with our finances. We want to be schedule tomorrow people because these things that we commit to end up shaping and framing our lives, yes? what we give our time to, our efforts to, what we give our pocketbooks to, those end up shaping who we become. We want to be schedule tomorrow people. Okay? The second way that we try to live sacrificially and to give generously is through what we call, and this is the next slide, It's also an STP, and I lost a page of notes, which is good for you. Probably means I'm going to go shorter. It's page six. It's spontaneous today person. Okay, this is different from schedule tomorrow, people. This is STP. This is spontaneous today person. Deb's approach to giving, my wife's approach to giving and uh, being generous in her time was quite different from my own. I'm a son of a banker, I'm a firstborn. I like things written down, penciled, or not penciled in, penned in. I want to be certain, I want things set up, don't surprise me. 
And that left my wife in our marriage kind of being a bit angry when she said, uh, Tim, I just read, I just heard, I just saw. Hey, what if we gave something to? What if we responded with? And my response was, look, we are giving our 10%. It's already scheduled in. Pastor Chris knows we're getting it. He, he likes that. We're giving it to him. We don't have anything more. And she grew pretty frustrated with me. And it took me a long time to figure that out. So she kept on me and kept on me, and I realized, oh, wait, 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 wait. God's Spirit prompts my wife in spontaneous ways in the moment. And so to this scheduled online giving, automatic debit husband of hers, Let's create some margin so that when Deb sees, hears, wants to, sense God's spirit moving in her in some way to respond to the needs now, we have margin to do that. For example, when the pastor says there's this missionary couple and the covenant has money to pay for him to fly home because of his dad's funeral, but the covenant doesn't have money to pay for his spouse and it's time for offering. And so if you feel led to, it would be great if we could so that she could be with her husband as they put to rest his father. And you know what my wife would have done? Spontaneous today person. Something moved within her. Let's support that. And so we are seeking to be people that schedule tomorrow, and we're seeking as well to listen to God's spirit today, going, hmm, how might he invite us to be spontaneous? And she's not with me, so I'm gonna say this to you, and I love the spontaneity part of this in my life now. Because now as I go through my day, quite often I go, Lord, is it today that I get to be spontaneous to someone? Lord, is that the person? Lord, I, I'm reading this, how, how would you like me to respond? So rather than saying, Lord, forget it, you know on Tuesdays I give, and on Wednesdays I do this, and I already gave this place this much money, Lord, forget it, Lord, I'm not going to respond spontaneously. Now I welcome God's spirit in my life, prompting me to respond in various ways. Something I observed in being a pastor for 22 years is that you you tend to be one or the other, a scheduled tomorrow person or a spontaneous today person. If you don't know which one you are, ask your spouse or ask a good friend or look in your checkbook If you see that on the first of every month, you give to this, 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 and when you get the calendar for 2020, you automatically write YG, YG every Wednesday through the whole year, or you write in whatever it is for you through the whole year, then you know you're scheduled tomorrow person. Or if you get that calendar and you don't write anything in, or you can look at your checkbook and there's just random, you're probably more spontaneous today. Probably the point broke. is, is that we make Probably it a priority broke. to invite God to speak into our lives, to speak into our broke. calendars, to speak into our <laughs> checkbooks and respond. I would say both in a scheduled way, because what we schedule in again shapes us and forms us, but also in a spontaneous way, listening to his spirit, so that we become part of what's going on right now 
here in Bellingham. I'm excited for what's going on here at your church. On Friday, I watched your 10-year anniversary video in my basement, and I was uh, weeping at the end of it. I'm going to call him Little Chris. That's not even fair. (laughs) But to see Chris and the story, his vision that has become your story, right? Ten years going strong, all those kiddos walking out here. You are on track. You You have responded to God's invitation. May you respond to whatever words I have said to you here this evening by looking a little bit deeper and asking yourself, Lord, is there something I need to schedule in so that you can draw me deeper into your ways? Lord, is there something I need to erase from my scheduled life so that I can be more spontaneous in responding to your promptings as I go through my day today. Lettered Streets, Covenant Church, again I say it, you are living these truths out. But as Nathaniel said, to begin with, this is a journey and none of us have arrived. God's calling us to go deeper, further, And the way we do this in our culture seems to be with calendars and checkbooks. Scheduling and being spontaneous today and tomorrow. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, thank you for this congregation. Thank you for their stories that are being caught up and woven into your story. When we think of your story, we think of one who sacrificed it all, who laid everything out, who had a routine, a a scheduled way, customs were part of the life of faith of Jesus and the Israelite people. But also part of their lives was spontaneity, receiving enough manna and quail for each day spontaneously. Or Jesus responding to the needs, surprising needs around him spontaneously. God, help this church. Give them eyes and and feet to see and respond to in measured ways, in calculated ways, appearing in their budget and in their vision plan, things that they want to commit to. But Lord, give them also the grace to see the surprising, spontaneous needs that surround them and inviting their response week in and week out. God, draw us all closer to you. Help us to live counter to the ways of our culture. Help us to live into and by the lives of people that we respect and are making a difference. And God, thank you that you are crazy about each and every one of us. We pray this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.